existed outside of the post mainstream for the longest period. This is from uh, ninety nine point five Dred Scott T show. With uh, in the earlier stages, there are things you have to do talk about Curtis Mayfield. Uh, inner essence and his impact they're, 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 and legacy uh, that which, that, that which you on say, music that in general and the revolutionary movement or the conscious the, uh, movement and I, I or the movement to are, love uh, where you live the, the white folk in New York uh, who are um, sea chambers or the wealth chambers experience with all of that crap in them peace, and wellness they, 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 and oneness let's build they, make, they get, a, get a check for writing the songs and somebody else goes out and, 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 and sings them and it, it doesn't have anything to do with any inner nothing. It's it's it's, it's some uh, pathological views of the black folk that uh, some other folk have, uh, but they get someone black to be the vehicle for for delivering it to black folk, and it turns into a very uh, you know a really dysfunctional and, and negative kind of thing. Um, and so I, 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 when I say corrupted, it means that that which was a form and a medium that people. Uh, kind of again invented. Um, others have, have, have grabbed the whole of it and, and, and corrupted and turned it to other purposes, uh, even using black folk to do it. I think I think what makes this rather complicated. In fact, I'm working on a book project that's entitled "From the Margins to the Mainstream," and and what I do is look at the movement of the music from the margins, meaning within the black community and how it migrates into this mainstream and what happens when it moves into the mainstream and how it's assigned another meaning, another aesthetic, and another function. So what has happened since, I mean, remember when hip hop began in late, in the, it actually began early in the mid 70s, nobody knew about it except for those who lived in New York and uh, in the boroughs. And, but once it hit the airwaves and became, and then once it seeped into the white community, it's like, oh wow, this, you know, this is a fascination with this, this the exotic. And then the record labels began to, because they, they would tell you a lot of rappers, even on the West Coast, when they were producing those records, they had no idea that those records would move beyond those inner city communities. It was made for those people. It was addressing right. the issues within. You know what it's like dropping, okay, those of you go to black barbershops, black beauty shops, you like drop a microphone in your, in your beauty shop or barbershop, and then all of a sudden it's broadcast throughout the country. That's what it's like. So you caught a message or something that was meant to be internal and we understood the double meaning and the dynamics of that message but once it moves beyond the community it's totally reinterpreted so once whites who've always been fascinated with the black community particularly the black male and, and that so-called hardness of you know the stereotypical With, hardness that can be exploited male, it became a fascination. Yeah. And then record labels, of course, moving, oh yeah, we want to do this music. And uh, and I had a, a former student, in fact, who lives in LA, and he was very distraught. One day he called me up, he said, you can't believe what how these record labels are trying to recruit artists. Because what was happening now is that to be authentic and to be on the LA side, the West Coast, you had to be a gangster. Right. So in essence, they Same were recruiting on the East side. record labels, recruiting so-called rappers who had some 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 uh, uh, records, some criminal activity, so they could be authentic. So they could, if you saw a lot of magazines or trade industry magazines at the time, there were rappers on the cover behind bars, they're in jail. So that became the big thing, the big fascination. So what he was upset about, my former student, was that here's these kids were running out committing petty crimes, so they could say, "I have a rap sheet." Under the name so of authenticity, but authentically what? To be considered for a contract to record a record, which of course they're going to be short lived. 
So that, that's the problem. It became, and it's artists would tell you now, before they were saying, oh, I'm speaking, or I'm, I'm dealing with my community, the realities. And initially, they did, initially. But then all of a sudden, you've got the wannabes and the, the really ex over-exaggerating. So now when they're confronted with the same question, oh, well, you know, it, it's, just, it's just a gig. You know, it's just my job. So now there's another spin on, like, you know, like the people in Hollywood. Do they really do all of those things in Hollywood? Well, it's different. Black people have a different kind of cultural sensibility and a different cultural history and social history that it doesn't play, it doesn't play into that, that mainstream system of commerciality. The corruption thing is not only external, it's also internal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, probably the most significant dimension of it in the, on the hip hop scene actually has to do with uh, what we, we call um, uh, hip-hop uh, fashion. Yeah. Uh, this stuff comes straight out of prison. Mm -hmm. it um, all of it, um, the, the, the pants hanging down, you couldn't wear a belt because they wouldn't allow you to have a belt in prison. You didn't have any laces in your shoes because you weren't allowed because you might be committing suicide with, with the laces, etc. So all of this visual image of so-called hip-hop come straight out of prison. What's really, really painful about it, if you think about it, um, during the period of slavery, they had something called nigger clothes. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, the shoes were all, uh, both shoes were the same. There was no, wasn't a left foot and a right foot. Mm. Huh? And second, nine times out of 10, there were no laces in them. And the pants were just some, something that hung on, hung on your waist. With a rope. There was no Sometimes you get a thing about it. The real problem yeah. for me is that uh, a significant percentage of young black folk don't know anything else. Um, I had this situation with a group of kids um, who were going to be in this choir. And um, they were being provided with uniforms. They had to wear a pair of black shoes. Half of them came in a pair of black sneakers, didn't know what a black shoe was. Mm -hmm. And that's just all that they've learned. Mm -hmm. So some of it is, some of the corruption, if you will, is, and uh, going along with that is, a, a, in my judgment, a, a, a kind of lapse on the moral and ethical scene that makes it uh, very, very um, difficult to hold anyone accountable for anything. I just wanted to um, play that a little bit, you know, to um, hold on for a second. I just wanted to play that a little bit so you can get uh, a gist of how important lyricism and music is, was, and will be in the course of uh, spreading uh, a consciousness, um, perception of reality. Even uh, studies on wealth and uh, patterns of behavior in music. Music, importantly, and most essentially, because, you know, it becomes a soundtrack for a person's life, you know. And um, when you adapt a certain pattern of behavior behind the, the, um, the, the lifestyle of the of the music that you hear, you know, you become that. There's an experiment that was done uh, by a few scientists, but most notably a Japanese scientist, um, 
where he shows how snowflakes, when they're coming down, crystallize around sound. And those that were played beautiful, high, um, high notes, um, was basically the, like the, the, um, on the highest scale, you know, uh, sonatas and, you know, harp music and flutes and things of that nature. They resonated and made beautiful, unique, symmetrical shapes. While that was played with hard thrashing music, um, it, it shaped and, and molded them into basically clumps and they, they, they lacked grace. They, they didn't have any order. It was chaotic. Your body, our bodies are 75% water and you know, we resonate on that, which is affects us, which is the emotions and, you know, um, our ability to produce and maintain certain patterns of our life in order for survival. Now, couple that with music, which becomes the stimulus for what you prepare to do or what you want to do or what you are doing. And listen to when you listen to the lyrics, even if you're like passively listen to the, the, the music and, and the lyrics, you know, you're getting these messages and it's actually shaping the water inside of your body. For a while now, I mean, I love hip-hop especially 80s 90s hip-hop um i try to seek for stuff that has has messages in it um thought-provoking twists and changes you know but i love abstract lyrics i love people really going in um you know the hardcore fashion so to speak and things of that nature but i also know that it resonate within me certain feelings uh certain dispositions it can set up my preferences. Um, and, and this is like objectively speaking, um, the way I want to move or the way I move and, um, you know, how I see people in the world and, you know, and everything is like an against things against this one is against this one. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with this. I'm not with this. You know, it, it, it actually shapes you. And it's differently. It's, it's a different. It's a different flow from when you're listening to uh, a nice jazz, you know. Um, and jazz has its variations as well. You can go from Thelonious Monk with the uh, um, staccato type of piano, and everything is abstract. And you know, this one goes here, this one goes there. Um, to Charles Mingus, to a bird, you know, to even a, um, a Benny Goodman. You know, uh, um, shoot, Louis Armstrong, and, and you'll get a different vibe. Duke Ellington, you get a different vibe. You'll see, you know, the changes of the guard inside of the music. You know, even to the smooth jazz um, that, that has played, you know, more recently. That Najee, you know, Wynton Marcellus and stuff like that. It all you know, shapes and molds your character. And, you know, your, your character can shape your reality, which forms your destiny. 
you know, and, and it's interesting how they took music out of school, a lot of schools. And, and in doing that and having that process done, you know, you created this this void of uh, um, creativity where people had to express themselves in other different ways and basically improvise on a survival level. I mean, this is a, a topic I would love to discuss. If you would like to, you know, um, get in touch with me, Wealth Chambers uh, at moneychambers at gmail.com. I see enough emails there and we can go into the YouTube channel, my Omega Sons Light YouTube channel and have a nice hangout, you know, and and basically exchange ideas and perceptions on what this music can do. Um, how, how can we, you know, basically make micro changes, you know, in order to start to cater to a new frame of reality a new frame of perception in order to to change what we're we're dealing with you know it's it'll be nice to hear your opinions and to hear your thoughts so thank you for listening once again this is c chambers of the wealth chambers experience and i wish you peace wellness and oneness check out the other different um episodes you'll be shocked and amazed one.